Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Tommy Murphy from Greenery Productions, an Orlando-based floral design group who has done many Walt Disney World weddings, and Tommy is going to share with us a lot of really helpful information for people who are maybe considering using an outside vendor for their floral at Walt Disney World, or just have questions about flowers, you know, what's in season, what's popular right now, that kind of thing. So welcome, Tommy. Thank you, Carrie. Nice to be chatting with you. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm curious to know, first off, how you got into doing floral design. Well, ironically, my background's finance and operations, and I was hired to run a floral and event company. And from that, our lead designer just up and quit like six months into my employment. And so it thrust me into purchasing flowers. So I had to become really knowledgeable about it. And about a year after that, I realized that I had another calling, which was actually designing So I then left that company and came here to Greenery Productions, which was about nine years ago. Oh, that's wonderful. And then what sort of products and services does Greenery Productions offer? Well, we're multifaceted. We do interior scape, which are plants. So at all the major luxury hotels in Orlando, we do uh, holiday decor at all the luxury properties and at a few venues at Disney as well. And then we do corporate and social events. And what I oversee is the uh, social events, uh, weddings, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, and so on. So we're multifaceted. That's interesting. What areas at Disney do you provide holiday decor? Some of the ticketing booths, a couple of the vacation ownership areas. So just a couple different areas. We're also a, a, an official contractor with Disney. So if they need additional plant rental additional floral uh, requests, things like that, they actually call on us as well. It's interesting that you say that because I know a lot of brides who are in venues where Disney does allow them to work with outside vendors, and there are not too many venues, but if they're at a convention center, they can work with outside vendors, and often they're worried that it will be more complicated than using Disney, but it sounds like you have a really good partnership with Disney. Can you talk a little bit about how that works when a bride hires you? Well, ironically, because I've done enough weddings at Disney, I understand the nuances at working at their hotels. I'm familiar with the ballroom spaces. I'm familiar with their load-in requirements and their load-out requirements. They're very, very specific about how many flames you can have on a table. And knowing those different nuances that a bride, you know, may not know, and if she hires or attempts to hire an outside floral company that has little to no experience, She'll actually be caught, you know, in the middle of that vendor and Disney because Disney just has very specific requirements. There's a few waiver forms that you have to sign every time you do a a wedding there. But what benefits the couple is, is that I have enough experience that I will actually just pick up the phone, call their coordinator, you know, and talk to them about certain things that I think might become a challenge by using an outside vendor. And 
mostly it's the timing and and generally everything else is smooth sailing you know there we get there early enough to deliver personal flowers we know that that we have to pin on boutonnieres and corsages disney won't do that if you hire an outside contractor you know things like that so it works really well we've never had any issues it's, it's a great working relationship and i love working at disney i mean i love doing weddings there we we've done a lot of awesome weddings that's great. And do you provide other things like chair rental and linens, or is it strictly floral and decor? No, we're a full-service design company. So what that means is that if you need just help with floral, I'll help you with that. If you want me to design your wedding or work with you on designing your wedding, and you need draping and lighting, linens and chair rental, furniture, dance floor wraps, we actually do it all. Again, a major benefit to the couple is we're considerably cheaper, not only than Disney, but also of those that are in our industry class in Central Florida. We just offer a really good pricing. And it's not a package, you know, because every every client's need is individual, you know, but chair rental has, you know, a pretty fixed rate in Orlando, but about 650 to 750 a chair. Disney may charge considerably more than that. I, I don't even know what their rental rates are. But I think it's about providing the the client with the comfort that one designer, you know, sees the big picture, that they're managing the big picture for them. And not every wedding requires that. Some some brides hire me for just personals. That's okay. We don't mind, you know. But it's it's the full service clients that really benefit from it because they see the value in working with the, you know, a designer outside of what Disney might offer. That's fascinating. And another thing that I often say when people ask about using outside vendors is that they will provide mock-ups of centerpieces. Is that something that you guys do? We do. And we do that in general for our weddings and even our corporate clients. And the way that it works is after we have an executed agreement, we'll schedule that mock-up here at Greenery. And if you've contracted us for linens and chairs and chargers and other elements for the tablescape, we'll also bring that in and we'll do a table setup. And it's generally about 50% of the contracted price. So let's say that that centerpiece is $200. We only charge the client $100, but they also get to keep the floor at the end and then they get to see everything. So and most clients do that. It's a benefit. Some of the remote clients, uh, they don't do a mock-up. In fact, I have a wedding coming up September 20th at Disney at Contemporary. I've never met the bride or the mom. Um, everything's been via phone, via email, via inspiration, but they hired me for full service, you know, and they'll, they won't see anything until the day of, but they're so comfortable, you know, with what I've expressed design wise that they don't need to do a mock-up, they said. So that's great. Now I know everything really depends on the types of flowers and the season, but could you give some average prices that brides can expect to pay for things like bouquet, bridesmaids, bouquet, centerpieces, that sort of thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. So you know, roses will always be, you know, a favorite amongst brides. And most brides think that it's an expensive flower. You can actually get a nice 25 rose bridal bouquet for about $75. So if you're looking to save money in that area, it's a great solution. You know, you still get a very nice bouquet. Same thing with like peonies they are very seasonal, but garden roses are year round. And even when peonies are in season, I still try to push garden roses whenever it's a value, you know, that's needed because the garden roses are half the price and have the same big look. Boutonnieres and corsages have very straight pricing, basically. Boutonnieres are $750 to $1250. Corsage work is $30. We are known for our wristlets. Uh, we do pearl wristlets instead of magnets and stretch uh, wristlets. Ceremony decor is kind of a mute issue because at Disney, they do not allow outside vendors to, to decorate the wedding pavilion. So ceremony decor actually wouldn't, wouldn't matter in this case. For the dinner reception, 
pricing is really, really variable, and and I think that everybody's aware of that. But on average, you know, a tall centerpiece could start at one seventy five for something moderate. Something fuller would start at about two hundred and fifty dollars. But that includes the rental of the vase as well. So you could have a you know a hundred dollar vase as part of that design setup, but you're just renting it from us for a nominal fee. And then short centerpieces, they run the gamut, you know, from fifty dollars. They can run hundreds of dollars, you know, depending on the complexity of the design. So, uh, but there are some averages. I would say that those are pretty good numbers. Okay, this is great stuff. And so as we said, season can have a big impact on the types and prices of flowers that are available. Can you give brides a quick rundown of which popular flowers are available in each season? Well, ironically, and I know, you know, a lot of probably what brides have read or have maybe heard, most flowers are available year round. There are some seasonal flowers like anemones and peonies that, you know, are very, very seasonal. But in the wintertime, we, you know, we're introduced to like winter berries and silver foliage, uh, silver brunia. When the winter starts to pass, we get into the springtime. Blooming branches are awesome. I love to use them when I can. Uh, peonies start to come online. Tulips and daffodils and narcissus, paper whites, those all begin to explode as far as the availability and color, which is really important. You can get tulips year-round. But the quality or the head size of the colors may be limited during the summer months. But once we get into fall, you know, through through spring, the availability, pricing, you know, the, you, we just have so much more to work with. Summertime, though, is the hardest on flowers, uh, no matter if we're buying out of uh, South Africa or Holland or Hawaii. A lot of flowers are, they're very weather sensitive. So like ranunculus and lysianthus may only be available in one region versus another, well, that dries up the cost. So although the, the availability is there, it's limited, and it's at a much higher cost. So, But ironically, and that's what I try to tell my clients when I sit down with them, is that don't get so fixed on particular flowers, because nine times out of ten, that flower is going to be available, or a nice substitution will be available at probably even a better price point. Like I said, peonies are a great example. You know, peonies can run the gamut of pricing. They can be double what they were, you know, two weeks ago, just because it's the beginning or end of the season. So garden roses is a great substitute. It's, uh, and even David Austin is a variety that he's really fine tuned it. It is just a lush, beautiful garden rose. And it's kind of become one of my favorite new flowers. That's interesting. So maybe asking for a certain color or a certain type of flower during a season when it's more expensive would drive the price up. What other sorts of requests will drive the price of centerpieces and personal floral up? It really is the availability and pricing. For example, phalaenopsis, white orchids, we can get year-round except during the summer locally. I'd say probably at a, a really good price, but over the summertime, we have to buy them out of Holland you know, because that's the only place they're growing, the price is three times as much, but usually color and season. And I'm glad you said about color because when we get around to the fall and around Valentine's Day, for whatever reason, fall flowers, anything that has a fall tone to it, the price just goes up. But again, if you're working with a design team that knows all this and understands, you know, the the growing patterns and conditions and whatnot and where you could get product from, you're going to be in good hands because I'm going to tell you what the price of something is and for the most part guarantee its availability and, and the price staying constant, you know, but there are ironically too, there are things that, you know, that weather is the major factor. And I think that brides, you know, not even brides, but just in general, you don't really think about because you're just so used to everything being available. But two examples that I think are great cases, 
Florida greens are just very popular. You know, they're, they're, they ship them, you know, worldwide. And when we have an issue in Florida with our greens, then they don't become available. And there could be availability in other parts of the country, but it, again, it's substantially higher price. And then four or five years ago, um, Thailand had that flooding and probably 50% of the, the orchid market comes out of Thailand. So the availability just wasn't even there, not, you know, not to consider even pricing. They just, orchids just were hard to come by, you know. So there are things that are out of any design team or any florist hands, and that's one. Those are, those are the kind of uh, examples. Interesting. So then you talked a little bit about, say, using garden roses instead of peonies. Are there some other good lower-cost substitution flowers if you're like me and you absolutely adore dahlias, but they're just way too expensive in the color or the season that you want? Other options for substituting? Well, dahlias is a great example. They have cultivated cushion mums, which, you know, chrysanthemums is what they're also called. But they've grown some beautiful colors and beautiful textures, Gerber daisies as well. Those can be great substitutions for dahlias, which is a very expensive per stem flower. Again, generally available year round, maybe not all the colors. Probably a bride's favorite flower is hydrangea. It serves several purposes. It, it is a great value. It makes for a much larger arrangement comes in a multitude of colors, some, you know, more expensive than others. And again, it's a year-round flower. Maybe not all the colors, but for the most part, you know, your main colors like the blues and the whites and the greens, those are year-round and they're nice flowers and especially for tall centerpieces. So, but those would be some suggestions. Interesting. Okay. And then what are some good non-floral centerpiece alternatives? If somebody's allergic to flowers or they just feel like flowers are going to be too expensive, what are some alternatives? Well, lighting centerpieces are really big still, you know, like wax luminaries, you know, that can be illuminated in different colors. Feather centerpieces are very popular. Again, it may not be the right look for every wedding, but if a bride doesn't like flowers but wants something showy or soft, anything with branches and greens are an alternative as well. Succulents are very, very popular right now. You can do a lot, you know, in the personals and then for your uh, dinner reception centerpieces, And believe it or not, even just simple vases filled with water and floating candles. I mean, they don't have to be all clear. They could be colored vases. If floral allergies are an issue, submerging flowers in water will, you know, eliminate that uh, because they're not putting off any pollen. So there's definitely a lot of alternative ideas. Paper flowers are becoming very popular. It's an expensive alternative, though, even though it's a really unique look. Right, because it seems like they're so labor intensive. Yeah, and they have a very short shelf life. And it's it's funny because I all have clients ask me, well, will you do silk arrangements? And and we will, but it's at a substantially higher price because we have to pay more. And you actually need a lot more in order to use silk versus, you know, natural flowers. Interesting. So that's sort of like how people think that they'll save money on a cake by having fake tears. And it turns out it's the decoration that drives the price up. Same thing. You think fake flowers will be cheaper, but they're actually more expensive. Unless you're spending the proper amount of money on silk flowers, it never looks the same as fresh, you know, and there are different grades of silk flowers. So if you're paying for something for, for an interior designer, you know, they're going to pick the premium pricing, you know, the premium flowers, which comes at a premium pricing. So then are there any lesser known or unusual ways you found to save money on floral and decor? I don't know that I work from that notion as to the notion that we design to value, you know, a bride may come in and the centerpiece that she wants may be $300. 
you know, it, but her budget can only afford $150, $200. So we scale it back and we still achieve the overall vision. So I think I work more from that notion than trying to find, because there are some alternatives, but there it wouldn't be a substantial savings if you used this flower over that flower. It's all about scaling back and just keeping overall. And that's where one designer comes in, understanding the full budget. When you have taken into consideration the linens and the chairs and chargers and lighting, you have a little more control over the entire budget and can allocate it accordingly. If they're using me for full service, we own our own uplighting, so I can discount my uplighting so we don't have to compromise on floral. So those are ways that we try to work with the value and substitution, you know, to make sure that they're getting what they want. Because at the end of the day, we want our image to be maintained as well. So, Right. What kinds of trends are you seeing right now in wedding floral and decor? You know, the whole vintage is not going anywhere. <laughs> it is staying in the strongest ever. I think it's going in for me, an undesirable direction because I almost feel like we're starting to recreate our own homes, you know, at weddings. Hmm. And I think sometimes less is more. I do love the vintage look, but I like it in moderation. The whole farm to table, as far as the look, not necessarily the organic side of floral, that's a whole nother um, conversation. Um, you know, with the, with the, the farm tables and with the rustic chairs and succulents, things along, you know, that line design-wise. Lighting is changing dramatically. We're getting away from just, you know, standard lighting to more textured lighting. Uh, so there's definitely some areas that we're still doing a lot of the same thing, but we're adding different characteristics to the overall design. And now I know there's Pinterest, but can you suggest any other places online that brides can go for floral and decor inspiration? Greeneryproductions.com. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I love Wedding Wire and The Knot. I've worked with The Knot ever since I've been, you know, doing this. And Wedding Wire is a great resource. I, I know it requires a bride to sign up. You know, Pinterest is definitely the industry leader. But my advice to brides on that, too, is it can be very overwhelming. And just, you know, search in moderation and, you know, have that wish file, but also have that realistic file as well. So that way, you know, you're getting your expectations, you know, met that are realistic versus something that's, you know, not obtainable. Interesting. So where can my listeners go to learn more about you and your business? Greeneryproductions.com. And there is actually a link to our blog and to our Facebook. We do a wedding Wednesday every week on our Facebook. We do a monthly blog as well. You'll find plenty of reviews on Wedding Wire and The Knot. And, of course, um, I think it's called Disboard. Uh, there's some reviews out there. And those are the main places uh, that you could find us. All right. Well, tell me, thank you so much for taking some time from your busy day to chat with me about floral and decor. I think it's been really helpful for brides who are on a budget or maybe don't even know what they want to kind of give them a direction to start going in. So I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>